Thanks for joining us on the Southside Church Podcast. We seek to build real followers of Jesus, so we hope that you find this message both encouraging and insightful. Let's jump in. Hello, Southside. Thank you for being a part of this day with us, joining us in this moment. I'm so thankful for you and just you're making this a priority in your life. It means, I I hope it means as much to you as it does to me and um, what I believe God is doing in and through our church, our church family, and in our communities. Come and go with us. Let's continue to make it real easy to go to heaven from right here in Northeast Georgia. And I'm thankful that you're a part of that today. Uh, We're walking through a series right now that we're calling Unplugged. And um, I think it's so applicable for where we are today in our world and in our culture, simply because... um, we, we, we don't understand the principle of unplugging because, but because of our, our cell phones, we're always on. We never really unplug and get away. And so the principle that we're trying to communicate through this series called Unplugged is simply this. We need to rest. You and I, we need it. We need rest, and I think it's so applicable to do this in the month of May because we call May around here Marathon May. Why? Because everything comes to a close. School, sports, dance, all these different kinds of things that you have in your life that I have, everything comes to a screeching halt. And in our community, when school is out, the tires start squealing and people are leaving town. You know, why is that? Because they're trying to get away for a break, for a time of rest. But really and truly, we've kind of taken the word rest and we've just simply perverted its meaning. We've confused the word rest with leisure. Leisure is a much different term, okay? Leisure is something that you enjoy doing, but it's it's not restful. It's just on the go. You're in it. You're enjoying it. It's, it's fun in your life. Rest can be fun, but rest is so much more than that. The definition of rest can mean this, to cease from work, action, or activity in order to relax, refresh, or recover. And um, there's actually some other meanings that we'll look at today, and one that I'm particularly fond of when we talk about the word rest. And so we want to learn how to do that. And so the past couple of weeks, I'm just trying to encourage you to, to do some things to unplug, because I think we all need to learn how to rest daily, weekly, spontaneously, seasonally. I mean, there's all kinds of things that we can do, but we learn that principle from God. And the word that he uses to describe the the rest that we're talking about is the word Sabbath. And so what is the Sabbath? The Sabbath is a regular rhythmic time of rest. It's actually the most common used term in all of the Bible. And so we begin, we see it in the very beginning of Genesis, and we see its ultimate fulfillment at the end of Revelation, and it's woven all throughout there. And God is establishing for his people, and even for us today, a regular rhythmic time of rest, daily, weekly, spontaneously, and seasonally. 
And so what the word Sabbath means, it can be kind of, it can be broken down in about four different ways. Number one, it means to close the loop. In Genesis, at the end of, of Genesis 1, where God has created everything and he rests on the seventh day, what did he do? He's closing the loop on his creation. He is stopping to remember, to look back, to see what he has done. Not because he's tired, but so that he can look back on what has happened. He can officially close the loop on that. Another way that it's used in the Bible, the term Sabbath, is to uh, it's a return to the truth. It's a return to the truth of God. You would see that. You would see it daily. You would see it weekly. You would see it seasonally. You would see it spontaneously where through festivals and celebrations and all these other types of things, times of rest were, were a place where Israel was encouraged to return to the truths of God. Another thing, another way it was used was a way to refocus on the mission that God has for you. I believe this. God has a purpose for your life. And God doesn't want you just to look back. He doesn't want you to just look up. He wants you to look ahead. He wants you to have a time in your life, in your week, in your day, and in, in seasonally, even spontaneously, where you can stop and go, okay, I want to refocus on, on, on my mission. I want to keep the main thing the main thing. And then finally, it's a place to celebrate the journey that God has given you. And so we see this story beginning to play out in the gospel of Mark. Mark chapter 2, verse 23, it says on the Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields. Now, something is taking place during this time where Jesus is, uh, is actually walking uh, with his disciples through the grain fields on the Sabbath, but he's not alone. Okay, now Jesus is in his public ministry, and he's he's garnering some attention, not just from everyday people, but now he's getting attention from the religious leaders, the Pharisees. They are beginning to pay attention to things that he's doing and what's happening in his life. I called the first sermon in this series this uh, uh, it's, it's, it's not working. And, uh, that, because I, I, it's just, it's, it just doesn't work. We, we forget to turn work off. We can. And then because of that, we say this isn't working. Second week, I said, I don't have time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. But, but rest is about finding time for the things that are most important and being able to unplug and turn things off. Today, it's simply easy like Sunday morning. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, and so here, it's, 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 it's on the Sabbath, and Jesus and his disciples were walking through the grain fields. Grain is high. It's near harvest time, and they're just kind of putting their hands out, and they're taking the, to- the, the, the stalks, the top of this grain, the heads of this grain, and they're picking them, and they're, they're rubbing the chaff off, and then they're eating the seeds of grain, Okay. You'd say, well, why? Because they're hungry. They're just, they're doing that. They're following what Jesus is doing, okay? That's what they're doing here in this field. And his disciples began to make their way, picking through that as well. And the Pharisees, the Pharisees said to Jesus, look, why are they, your disciples, doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? So you have to understand how, how important and special the Sabbath day was to religious Jews, to, to, to Pharisees, to the religious leaders of their day. God established this precedent in the Old Testament and in his law, and he established things around it, a blessing and cursings if you, if you obey it or break it. 
And so what the Pharisees would do, they would build laws around God's laws to make sure they didn't break the laws that God said. And so they kept doing that over and over and over again. And what they began to do was to place such a heavy burden on people that they, they, they made obeying God's law more of a burden and a chore than it was a joy. And so here, this is what they see. They, they, they're, they're looking at this, and where God wanted his people to rest for a 24-hour period. And there were certain things that Moses said you are not to do. They had made this a burden to people to where you couldn't cook on the Sabbath. You couldn't walk a certain distance on the Sabbath. You couldn't work on the Sabbath. In the church, you couldn't heal on the Sabbath. And here, they couldn't pick grains off a of stalks and eat it on the Sabbath. And so they're saying that your disciples, Jesus, are breaking the law. And so Jesus said to them, have you never read what David and those who were with him did when he was in need and hungry? And I love how Jesus does this because Jesus pulls out people that they would have held in such high esteem and honor. And he, he relates these situations back to things that they did. How David entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar, the high priest, and he ate the sacred bread, which is not only not lawful for him to eat except for the priest, it was blasphemous. It could have cost him his life. And he also gave some to the men that were with him. And so here Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. When we see this played out for us here, I love this statement because I think what we have done is we've done a lot of what the Pharisees have done. We've made a day the end all be all, especially in the South. A lot of times Sunday is the day of rest. So, some people won't do uh, anything on Sunday. They'll take a nap on Sunday afternoon. They will do their things. They'll kind of shut it off and, and they'll just kind of unplug for the day. That's awesome. But for most people today in our culture, we don't do that. And the culture never stops. It never slows down. Now with travel ball and other things and all this stuff and just having a cell phone and always being on and never being able to unwind and unplug, we miss the meaning of rest and we don't experience it in our life. And so here Jesus is making a statement. Man wasn't made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man, a place to close the loop, a place to return to the truth, to refocus on your mission, and to celebrate the journey. And then Jesus says, therefore, the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. They had made the Sabbath Lord of everything. And Jesus said, no, you're missing it. The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Frankly, he's saying, I can do what I want to do on this day. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this day in this moment. And so I love this part of the definition of rest. The, the, the term rest, one of the, the, the meanings of this word, and I loved it when I read it. There's about eight different uh, meanings in Webster's Dictionary that you can find when you research the term rest. But I love this one. The word rest means to be continuously fixed. To be continuously fixed. Think about that. Just think about that for a second. How much of your life is broken? I mean, I think about that in my life, and I wonder, gosh, you know, it's, this doesn't, this is off. This doesn't feel right. This is broken. This is messed up. This is sinful. This is this. This is that. Whatever it is. What would it look like if you and I lived life in a way that was continually fixed? It was just always, it was, it even, it was just a constant fix 
that, that, that I'm not having to work on. It's just working. And I think about Romans 8, 28, that God causes all things to work together for the good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Most people hate that verse. You know, it's like, oh, I don't want to hear that verse, okay? But, but, but what does it look like to be continually fixed? How do we live life this way? There's three things that I want us to look at today based on the book of Psalms and specifically chapter 84. What does it, how do we live continuously fixed? Well, I think we'd have to do three things. We've got to learn to rest. We've got to lean into rest. And then we've got to live to rest. And so let's look at number one, learn to rest. Learn to rest. Psalm 84, verse number one, how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord of hosts. What we see here is that rest is relational. Rest is relational, and I think you see that in the opening verses of Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord of hosts. It was a song that began that way. It's what it was called. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty, okay? And, and so here, we're talking about, a lot of this is referencing the house of God and, and moving into the presence of God. But, but we find Sabbath fulfillment today not in a place. Today in the New Testament living in the church age, we find fulfillment in Sabbath living in a person, and his name is Jesus Christ. And so we may be looking for a place, a time to rest. Jesus said, come find your rest in me. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me because I'm meek and humble in heart. You'll find rest for your souls because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so here, the psalmist is writing and he's saying, Lord, how lovely is your dwelling place? Let me ask you a question. Do you have a place? If rest, if rest is found, if Sabbath is found, if rest is found daily, weekly, spontaneously, and seasonally, I want to ask you, do you have that place in your life? If, if rest is more than just sleeping, if it's more than just lying down, if it's more than just ceasing from activity, is rest those things? Is, would rest be defined as that? Yes. Rest would be defined as all of those things. But rest would also be defined as abiding in something, trusting in something. What do you trust in? What do you abide in? What do you spend time in? Social media? I mean, I, that speaks to me. I mean, because I do. I mean, I, Facebook's not that big of a deal to me. Instagram's not that big of a deal to me. But Twitter is. I'll get. I'll follow sports figures, p- politicians, and Christian leaders, and I just get lost in those things for a for long periods of time. And I have to consciously turn that off. And so, some some principles and some practices that I've tried to do in my life is turn off my notifications. Shut it down. When I get up in the morning, the first thing I do is not look at my phone and what is there. I open up the Bible and ask God to speak to me. I'm trying, I want to learn. God, I love your dwelling place. God, how lovely is your dwelling place? Do you have a place in your home, a place in your day that you give to God? So I would encourage you to do that. A place in your home that you can set aside that it's just where you and God meet. A a place in your day? Is it in the morning when you first get up? Is it a place at work? Where is it where you know that that's where you and God are going to meet more times than not? 
You know, what does that look like? I know some pastors that'll take and, and devise time within their meeting that people will take and they'll have meetings throughout the day and they'll, they'll, they'll give 15 minute increments. Why? To rest, to stop to pray, to reevaluate, to refocus, to do all of those things. They'll, they'll, they'll do those things. They'll work them into their day. Some people will take and add a 20 minute nap in after lunch. Why? They're learning to rest. How about you and your family shutting it off one night during the week where you don't have any phones, you just become a family. You sit down and eat together and you talk and you walk through the app and you talk about what we did Sunday and you're going through the questions, whatever it may look like or do your own thing. But, but, but it's a regular rhythmic time of rest. Rest is relational. And here he's just saying, how lovely is your dwelling place? God, I love your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. He says, I long and I yearn for the courts of the Lord, not just daily, but weekly. Weekly, have you a day in your, your week where you can Sabbath, you can turn it off, you can close the loop, you can go back to the truth, you can refocus for the upcoming week, and you can celebrate what God is doing in your life. What does that look like for you and me? Maybe it's Sunday. For me, Sabbath is not Sunday. Sunday's a work day for me and my family. So, so for Jeff and Candy, it's Friday. And Friday, I want to be as unproductive as I possibly can. It's just me and my bride, and we're enjoying our life together because rest is relational. What does that look like for you? He said, I long for it. I yearn for it, for the courts of the Lord. As a matter of fact, my heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. He said, even a sparrow finds a home, a swallow, a nest for herself, where she places her young. Near your altars, Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Look at what he says. How happy are those who reside in your house, who praise you continually. Selah. Selah is a word of rest. It's a word of pause. It's a word to cause us to stop and ponder. Think about what we've just read what we've just seen, what we've just experienced. Here, this is what we see. Rest is relational. To trust on or to abide in. And so, so if, if we're going to be living in a continually fixed mindset and mode, you know what we got to do? We got to learn to rest. This is a learned thing that you and I have to do daily, weekly, seasonally. Friends, you just may need to take a day off and do nothing you just may need an hour just to lay down, and, or you just may need some time to, to do this or do that. Think about it. It's just spontaneous. You just do it. And sometimes it's just seasonal. You have moments where you're stopping and you're saying, God, speak to my heart, minister to me. That's exactly what I'm about to do, is to take that time and say, God, speak. God, I'm listening. God, move in my heart. God, show me what is next. God, show me where you want us as a church to be. How do we get there? Lord, speak because we're listening. Because we got to learn to rest. Number two, you, you or here, you learn rest when you dwell in the presence of God. You got to learn rest. How do I learn to rest? You dwell in the presence of God. Daily, weekly, spontaneously, seasonally. That's your question. If we were to spend a whole week with you, a whole day with you, at the end of that day, at the end of that week, what would we say was most important to you? What would, what would be the most important thing to you? You gotta learn to rest. 
And, and we do that when we can dwell in the presence of God. Number two, don't just learn to rest. Lean into rest. Because rest isn't just relational. Rest is reciprocal. Okay, you gotta, you're, you're abiding in and trusting on something. I'm going to trust on God. I'm going to abide in him. Well, here I'm going to lean into rest. Look at what the psalmist said. Happy are the people whose strength is in you, God. It's reciprocal. I want strength, you give strength. I'm going to offer my strength and my gifts to you. I'm going to offer my life to you, God. You're going to pour it into me. How happy are the people whose strength is in you, whose heart are set on pilgrimage. In other words, they're set on mission. They're set on purpose. They have a journey. They're going somewhere, and they are le- they are leaning into rest. They're not just learning to rest. They're leaning into it because this is a this is more than just abiding in or trusting on. This is about learning to be at peace not to be agitated, to be still, to be tranquil in our life. Psalm 46, verse 10, the psalmist said, be still and know that he is God. And so happy are these people whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage as they pass through the valley of Baca. What is that? Baca, 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 Baca. What does that mean? It means weeping. It means it means struggle. It means difficulty as they walk through the valley of weeping, pain, hardship. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Here is a place we go. But but we can even rest in that. You know why? We're leaning into rest. We're leaning into the presence of God. We're dwelling in his presence, and we are receiving the strength of God when we do that. You want to have strength to make it through the valley of weeping? This becomes, because they are enjoying the presence of God, because God is a is a work in their life, because God has set their heart on pilgrimage, they make the valley of weeping into a source of spring water. Even the autumn rain will cover it with blessings. It becomes not a place of hurt and pain. It becomes a place of satisfaction and rejoicing. Even in things that the devil meant to cause hurt and pain in their life, it becomes a place of refreshment for them because they're walking in God's presence and dwelling in it and leaning into rest. Look at what he says. They go from strength to strength. They go from a place of strength here to another place of strength here. They don't go from strength to weakness. They go from strength to strength. How many times do we do that? We go from weakness to weakness. We go from weakness to strength or strength to weakness. This is what happens when you dwell in the presence of God, when you realize that rest is relational and we're abiding in him, we're trusting on him. What is that? It's learning to rest. And when we lean into that, when we lean into that, when we're giving to God and God is giving to us what is happening, we are going from strength to strength. Lord God of hosts, Hear my prayer. Hear my prayer. Listen, God of Jacob. And here's that word of rest again. Pause. Selah. Selah. Stop. See, rest is reciprocal. It's to be at peace, to be still. To not be agitated, full of anxiety, or stressed out. You know why? Because God's turning the valley of weeping into a place of spring water. 
He's taking you from strength to strength, faith to faith, and glory to glory. So you lean into rest when you draw on the strength of God. You learn to rest when you dwell in the presence of God. You lean into rest when you draw off the strength of God. It happens when I apply His Word. It happens when I'm taking time to rest daily, weekly, spontaneously, seasonally. And finally, when we learn to rest and we lean into rest, that's when we can live. That's when we can live in rest. That's when we can live in it. When I mean live in rest, I don't mean live in a constant nap or a constant lying down or a constant sleeping. I'm talking about living in peace. It passes all understanding. The psalmist wrote this. Consider our shield. God. Look on the face of your anointed one. Because better is a day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be at the door of the house of my God than to live in the tents of wicked people. What's he talking about? I mean, yeah, we can look at it as a as a temple psalm and, and a place in the house of God, but the New Testament changed all of that. You don't rest in a place, you rest in a person. And that person is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one we abide in and trust on. He's the one we lean into, Him and His Word. And when we experience that and we go from strength to strength, we learn to live in rest. He said, better is a day in your courts than a thousand lived elsewhere. You know why he's experiencing strength and spring water from dwelling in the presence of God, from, from drawing off the strength of God. He said, I would rather be at the door. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to live in the tents of wicked people. Look at what he says, for the Lord God is a sun and a shield. God is a sun and he brightens my path. He is a shield that protects me from the, the flaming arrows of the enemy. The Lord gives grace and glory. This is not, this is not us, us dwelling and living in our sinfulness and, and yuck and just bondage and pain and all of these different things and problems. No, this is living in the presence of God, dwelling, drawing off of his strength, experiencing his light and his protection. He said, God gives grace and glory. He does not withhold the good from those who live with integrity, happy. Happy is the person who trusts in you, O Lord of hosts. You see, rest is relational. Rest is about abiding in, trusting on Him. Rest is, rest is reciprocal. I'm drawing from the strength of God so that I can live at peace and not be agitated by the world. And finally, rest is rhythmic. Rest is rhythmic. Come on, let the rhythm move you. The rhythm's gonna get you. You know, rest is rhythmic to be satisfied. Rest is rhythmic. It brings a rhythm to my life. It satisfies me and I live continuously fixed.
Why? Because when I live in rest, that's when I can delight in the power of God. So, so what I'm experiencing here, all right, is I'm, I'm, I'm relational. This is relational. And so I'm, I'm, I'm just learning to dwell in the presence of God. Rest is reciprocal, and I'm drawing off the strength of God. But it's also rhythmic. And it helps me to delight in the power of God. Do you have a rhythm of rest in your life? Do you have a place? Do you have a moment, a time in your day? Do you have a place and time in your week where it's, it's this holy, this is a time to gather and just get lost in Him? spontaneous where you can just find moments of peace and, and power and strength in a place where it's seasonal. You know God is working. This is a place that I can give him in my life. See, rest is simply a fine-tuning of my inner self so that I can make my way through the world for another week. It's a fine-tuning of my inner self so that I can make it another week. Romans 15, 13, the Bible says, Now may the God of all hope fill you with joy and peace as you believe, so that you may overflow by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's my prayer for you today. May the God of all hope fill you with joy and peace as you believe, so that you may overflow with the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you this, you will find no rest in life until you first find rest in God. Now, wherever you are, whatever's going on in your world today, can we pray? Can I pray for you? Can I ask the God of heaven to be with you and, and, and bring peace, tranquility, bring stillness to your life, allow you to, to, to just dwell in his presence and, and draw off of his strength so you can delight in the power of God. I just want to pray that over your life. If you don't know Christ today, confess him as your Savior. Say, Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm ready. I'm ready to follow you. I'm ready to walk with you. And at the end of this, at the end of this message, follow the, the, the connection points and, and, and let us know, how can we pray for you? How can we help you? Can we send you a Bible? Can we put resources in your hand? Can we tell you where our church is so that you can come be a part? Help us. Let us know what we can do to help you. Father God, I pray for my friend today that you would meet them in this moment, in this place. It seems so hectic and crazy and chaotic. Would you give them rest? God, would you help them to learn rest? Give them time. Help them to make time to dwell in your presence. God, would you help them to, to in that moment, lean into your rest? Would they draw off the strength from your word and from their time with you? God, then they can live in it, where they can experience your power and delight in it. Lord, help them to know today that rest is found in you. And may they experience it in their life 
right now. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. God bless you. If you made that decision today to say, yes, I do want to choose Jesus. I do want to acknowledge him as my personal Lord and Savior. Congratulations. We could not be more excited for you. And we want to help you in that process and answer any questions you might have and provide you resources. To do that, simply text Jesus, that's J-E-S-U-S, to 706-449-0870. And one of our pastors on staff will be in touch with you because we want to help you as you walk out your faith. If you thought, you know what, I would like to contribute to all that God is doing in and through Southside. I would like to partner with them. You can do that in three simple ways. First, you can text GIVE, G-I-V-E, to 706-449-0870. Secondly, you can do it on the Southside app in the GIVE tab. Lastly, Southside.online. You can do it through the GIVE section on our website. Thank you so much for being here with us today, and we hope you have a great rest of your week.